top of the morning to you and welcome to the Kill James Bond podcast. I am Abigail O'Thorne. Joining me is uh, Alice O'Coltwell O'Kelly and O'Devon. We are... <laughs> I, I am broadcasting. I have a, a pig under one hand. I have a pipe bomb and some whiskey in the other. Uh, I'm, I'm very Catholic and I'm, I'm ready to talk about a film that very accurately depicts the Irish people, as far as I know. Um, really, I'm wearing a huge green hat. Um, I'm kissing the Blarney Stone. Uh, I'm, I'm waving hello to the Loch Ness Monster. And. <laughs> to be sure. And that's I, to be sure. Theme song. And that does not make for the best analysis, even if you knew something about terrorism, which you do not. Hello and welcome to the Cultural Insensitivity Hour. We were so aptly introduced there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, she's not Irish again, of, yeah. Oh, for sure. She's not Irish. <laughs> me, me when I talk to any of my Irish family. Uh, so <laughs> it's another episode of Kill Jack Ryan, I guess, is what we're mm-hmm. doing now. Uh, yeah. We watched we watched Patriot Games, the one where they forced um, uh, fucking what's his name. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. No, no, no. The guy, the last guy, Humphrey Red October guy, Alec Baldwin. Alec well, they Baldwin. forced. Yeah. So we're watching Patriot Games, the one they forced Alec Baldwin out of the role uh, because he wanted to do Streetcar Named Desire on Broadway, uh, and so they used that to lever him out of the role and put Harrison Ford in. Mm. Uh, for probably a, a good choice, honestly, on Alec Baldwin's part. I'll be, I'll be yeah. completely honest with you. Yeah, he really dodged a bullet on this movie. I mean, if you're going to be replaced by somebody like uh, Harrison Ford, is yeah, fair enough. Like, I wouldn't be offended if you guys kicked me off the podcast and replaced me with Harrison Ford. Like, I'd be like, okay, fair enough. You know what? If yeah, you can get yeah. him, yeah. fair enough. Plus, you know, you get to do Streetcar on Broadway, so it's all good. That's right. And also, you don't um, have to be in a film that's extremely racist against the Irish. That's yeah. right, and you know that this film is racist against the Irish because it begins with the sort of like clannard, sort of like um, uh, sort of mournful folk singing, a little bit of flute, a little bit of fiddle, uh, and you're just like, ah, oh, okay, oh, I, I see what we're doing here. My, right. my earnest belief is that they had like an expert on the IRA on board on this, so that they could be like, is this something the IRA would do to him? And if he went. No, they would be like, perfect, printer. <laughs> well, they, like, they kind of did, because as much as Tom Clancy was very much, like my opening drop, not an expert on terrorism, and as much as his book, Patriot Games, is both more racist than this in many ways, and also pretty inaccurate, he hated this movie. He disavowed this movie. He oh, wanted really? nothing to do with it. He wanted his name off of it, even. My God. And so, no, basically they did have a sort of IRA advisor in the form of Tom Clancy, this you know sixty-something-year-old former insurance adjuster. And the thing about Tom Clancy, right? And I'll just say this since we're doing a bunch of adaptations of his novels, is that much like me, uh, he was an army nerd who was not let into the army because his eyesight was too bad. And on behalf of us blind weirdos, to any recruiting organization anywhere in the world, if you don't let us in, if you don't let us into the military, we take our revenge on the world by making 
fucking books or podcasts or whatever <laughs> the fuck else. You have to do it. You have to let us in the military. Otherwise, this is what happens. You get killed Jack Ryan or you Just get Patriot on chin, games. Honestly. Yeah, mm. no. Yeah, well, it's probably worth restating our introduction to Tom Clancy and indeed Jack Ryan because this is not the first film in the series because we already did the first film in the series, Hunt for Red October, That's on the free right. feed last year. Buckaroo. Big son of a bitch. You know, Hunt for Red October. That, that, Hunt for Red October. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, Jack Ryan, if you're not familiar, the, the gist of him is that he's a CIA analyst. He's not a field guy. He looks at, like, computers and he, you know, fucking analyzes intelligence and generates intelligence, right? Um, yes. But at the point of this movie, he's retired. He has quit the CIA. He's left his extremely windswept-looking house in Maryland uh, mm. to to go and deliver a speech in London. He works for the U.S. Naval Academy. He teaches history, and they've recast um, his wife. Yeah, they've his, recast his, his wife. His wife isn't Gates McFadden anymore. His wife, the actress who plays his wife, does a great job of this. But I'm like, why is Gates McFadden? Yeah, she's she's Anne Archer. I want to say um, mm. Gates McFadden good. probably busy doing Star Trek. Mm. Uh, but yeah. he has a On wife. Broadway. He has a daughter. Um, and they're taking a family vacation to uh, foggy old, delightful London, England. And let me tell you, God, it looks like shit. <laughs> this is this is what I was about to say. Is if, if Three Days of the Condor is a sort of like archival piece of seventies New York, this is perfect eighties London in that everything looks fucking terrible. It's it atrocious. looks so t- atrocious. Honest to God, like the the color grading. Everyone tick off the um, Kill James Bond hmm. bingo sheet. Devon mentions color grading. <laughs> Greyest shit I've ever seen in my life. And you know what? Perfect. Spot on. Yeah, we deserve it. Um, the, the, the other thing this movie wants you to know is how hot um, Jack Ryan's wife is. That's right. Like, they really kind of draw attention to that. Uh, she, she, like, gets them champagne and candles. So you're just like, this guy. Bucks. Yeah, it's actually it's quite nice that um so they're they're on this like holiday whilst he's giving this speech to the Royal Naval Academy, but then uh they put the their little girl to bed in the hotel room and uh and then the wife orders like champagne and like has candles and stuff and it's 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 just quite nice to see like a woman owning her sexuality, like in particular like in in the context of like a nice happy relationship. Yeah, it's, sure, it's it's, it's, cool. it's, it's nice. really sweet actually. It made me it made me like invested in their family dynamic. Hmm. Uh, but then. He he finishes his speech, which is essentially, you know, climb the mountain of conflict, unforeseeable, <laughs> all of this shit. Um, he goes to meet them in central London, on the mall, uh, and Sean Bean strikes the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four exclamation points when I mentioned that he'd... Ex- Sean O'Bean. Oh, let me let me talk about... <laughs> oh, Sean O'Bean. This is, this, is this is not a well-known fact, but um, there are no actors from Ireland. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they just true. don't yeah. occur there. There's actually, yeah. you know, people don't talk about this. The Irish are like, they don't really understand metaphor and pretend. They're like no. fucking aliens from Galaxy Quest. Yeah, or, exactly. Or and, and like, there's there's not a lot of sort of, it's actually a big cultural taboo in Ireland to act in a film. So, uh, well, to you, be you, fair, you, Patrick, like, St. Patrick drove all of the actors out of Ireland. Like, there, <laughs> there right. are no actors right. there because it was never connected to the mainland in the same way that uh, England mm-hmm. was. So, yeah. so instead, migrate. you just have to you have to get English ones and have them sort of make do with their accent, which leads to Sean, uh, Sean Bean's first line, which I'm just going to fucking drop in its entirety because it's perfect. You made your bottom party, boy. Move sure and fast. <laughs> he, He's like this the whole movie. 
It just like yeah, yeah, Sean Bean has a very strong Sheffield accent and like has yes. his whole life. I mean, I think the fact that a lot of the quote unquote Irish roles in this are just English people is an example of the fact that at this time in British film and less so now, but still very much the case, if you are an actor and you didn't go to one of like three elite drama schools, you will simply not have a career. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, all, all these actors are just like Lambda, Rada, they went to like the best places because that's what you had to do to be in films. Yeah. Um, but so Sean Bean is preparing his, his young brother, his kid brother, Paddy, to do a bit of terrorism. Uh, because what do what does what does London have? It has the guards with the silly hats. Who are they guarding? The royal family, um, and so a royal car. This this is um, I think Highest it's Diana stakes royal. You could possibly imagine. Well, the, the thing is, in the novel, it's Diana and Charles, right? Yeah. Um, but in, because that's too controversial for Hollywood, and because they, you know, I think Diana might have died. Well, I don't know. Uh, but. Yeah. Well, e- even so, they make so, a guy up. They make a yeah. guy up. Lord Holmes, the Queen Mother's cousin, so sort of like ro- a royal you could, no one could possibly be offended by. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. the IRA, or so we believe, attack Lord Holmes's car in front of Jack Ryan, and he like pushes his wife and kid to safety, and immediately enters the situation. He like grabs one guy, shoves him up against the car, takes his gun. He kills, like, three people. Yeah. Mm. Including Paddy. He kills yeah. Sean Bean's brother, like, in front of him. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Sh- Sean Bean is, like, disarmed and arrested, uh, but he sees Jack Ryan kill his brother in front of him. Mm. And, you know, this sets off the sort of traditional, inherent, sort of biological Irish urge to blood feud, which mm-hmm. this movie yeah. really, really just, yes. like, relishes. Mm-hmm. Very vengeful um, people. Yeah, absolutely. Because the thing about Ireland is that after the uh, after the Warring States period, there was a samurai caste that emerged that had sort of like um, a, a code of honor, right, which required that insults and sort of like uh, family hostility had to be avenged. Um, that's reasonable, yeah. Yeah. So you know that's that's what Sean Bean is doing. He's he's just Sean Bean. Also, at the start of this movie, a phenomenal mullet. Uh, just. Mm. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. love it. Love to see it. Um, Jack is Jack is shot in the shoulder slightly, uh, and then after waiting fourteen hours for an ambulance, he's rushed to hospital. Well, this is the thing, right? The police don't even show up. It's it's the um uh, the it's guards the who yeah. come and guards. break it up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is before police were invented, so they had to do all of that themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, well, th- what's important is that. American audiences, and this will be the thrust of a lot of my criticisms of this movie, is that it's made for American audiences, mm. um, who are, as we know, idiot dipshits who don't understand anything. So yes. one of the major things that this movie wants to drive home is that British cops are kind of pussies. Yes. And, and never have a gun, never, no matter what. It's, it's sort of in the novel, too, is that like the British security forces, the British state, are always sort of bumbling affably into a sort of multi-decade multi-decade occupation of Northern Ireland. Yes. Also, this movie, and and the novel in fact, are bizarrely invested in the reputation of the Guards Division. Like, there's a bit where where, like, uh, one of them is is standing guard outside Buckingham Palace and um, Ryan's wife literally, like, tells her child, and by extension the camera, hey, this guy is like a professional soldier, he just can't smile, it looks kind of silly, but the English have their ways. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, she turns to the camera and goes, respect the troops. That's right. All yeah. troops. <laughs> all troops, both sides, all the time. Um, so, yeah, he, he gets shot, he gets rushed to hospital in the shittiest looking ambulance ever through this, like, grayscale London. That's right, baby. I just, I just love to see a, a film that, like, really accepts that London looks like complete shit. That's true, yeah. Um, Sean Bean is interrogated. Yes. And indeed beaten. He's mm. interrogated by a two-man team of British cops. Uh, cop number one, David Threlfall, also doing a terrible Irish accent, playing Detective Inspector the Joker. Who are they, Sean? He just, he just, who are they? Who are they, Sean? Um, and he, he just kind of like giggles at weird times. But he, yes. he, his deal is that he understands the Irish honor code of Bushido because he is also Irish. That's um, right. But, his, he, but he's he also, learned to overcome that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we all yeah. start out in different places in life. Some of us in, in Ireland, some of us in England. But anyway, so he's, he also has his, his junior there, Sergeant... I think his name is Sergeant Holmes. He has his junior inspector Zenegat. <laughs> yeah, yeah yes. Alan Armstrong. Alan playing, fucking Armstrong. Owens, playing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing Alan Armstrong. His opening line is... I'd tear your heart out and serve it up to you with chips. Again, the English, they have strange ways. One of, um, one of the greatest character actors in, in the United Kingdom. <laughs> Just <laughs> firmly. He looks like such a guy. He's never going to be a main man because you see him and you're like, that's Alan Armstrong. I know him fucking yeah. anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Perfect uh, guy. He, he loves to like uh, get into chase scenes and when his, his plans are full, just scream damn in like a very broad, I think, Yorkshire accent. Great. Real like throw your hat on the ground and jump on it kind of energy. <laughs> yeah, like absolutely. real real yeah, good yeah. shit. Uh, and they're playing <laughs> and, they're, and they're sort of doing good cop, bad cop. Uh yeah. where Highland Owen slaps him and calls him a Fenian bastard, which that, that okay. Is so at least at least we're laying on the table that like British police are capable of, you know, racism and torture. Fine. Good. Yeah. But in kind of a pussy way, though, is the thing. That, that's the point this movie makes, is like, he slaps him once, and it's like, the point of view in the movie is kind of like, is that it? Mm. It's strange. Um, but Sean, Sean stays absolutely silent. He doesn't say anything. Oh, by the way, Sean Bean's character is called Sean, which is very convenient for us. Yeah, Sean um, definitely. But he's, he stays silent. Meanwhile, back in Ireland, uh, we see that this is kind of like a rogue section of the IRA. Yes. And, uh, and one of them goes back, uh, Kevin, Kevin, uh, the boss goes back uh, to the to the guys in the IRA, and they're like, "Look, what are you, what are you fucking doing?" So he talks to not <laughs> Jerry Adams, uh, who delivers one of the funniest lines in this movie. A royal family, Kevin. You know that only turns people against us. <laughs> yeah, mate, absolutely. One the of the IRA... main things the IRA love to do is never kill anyone in the royal family. No, uh, never. They've never done it. They never will. Um, I I will point out that in terms of historical prudence, one of the trailers for this movie had the line, there's never been a terrorist attack on American soil. So, you know, just jot that that one down. That was removed because they decided it sounded too much like a sort of threat (laughs) invitation. Like a challenge? Yeah, it was. This this movie caused Mm. 9-11. That's right. Um, To which the response, by the way, is uh, Kevin says, we must strike at the royals and the ruling class, and might not say, based. 
<laughs> yeah, obviously, being the IRA, legally, all planning has to be done in a pub. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Which I believe a pub is even called like, like... Bailey's or something like that. Yeah, it's O'Dwyer's. It's literally O'Dwyer. called O'Dwyer's. That is even worse. Uh, <laughs> and there's like fiddle music in the distance. Everybody's fucking playing river dance. Oh, I'll uh, talk about the fucking musical stings in this movie. Do not yeah, worry. God, Irish do not noises. Worry. <laughs> there's there are so many times when like an Irish character does something Irishly, and there's just like a little flute thing. Just like a gentle woodwind refrain in the distance. Yeah. So <laughs> awful. Again, American audiences are dumb as fuck. <laughs> so this movie does kind of predict dissident Republicans, uh, yes. as as the novel did. Um, but like what Kevin is doing is he is trying to start a faction that like sets the IRA and the British to war with each other as if they weren't already, uh, and then you know he's gonna sort of rise from their mutual destruction. Is the like idea. accelerationism kind of sort yeah, of something like yeah. That. Um, but so, so Jerry Adams says, okay, fine, listen, we're gonna, they're gonna straighten this all out with you, don't worry about it. In the meantime, I have to bang this hot chick, who That's is right. across Let the bar bust. from him. Let me bust. Um, <laughs> I don't remember um, which button it's on, I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> uh, so, so he, he does, right, he takes her back to his room, and she shoots him and takes her wig off, revealing yes. that she works for Kevin, uh, women in the She's IRA wearing a big red wig to patch yeah. herself yeah, off as Irish, yeah. and she does Which this we all multiple are currently. times. Um, <laughs> that's, that's right. right. She just she just has like dark hair underneath because, as we find out later, she's not Irish. She's English. We do get to see her in in lingerie, which is kind of like ah, uh, maybe we didn't need to see that of the it's, film, but yeah. okay. Also, the the fact that it's a choice. Like, I, w- women in the IRA exclusively using uh, deception by means of sex, making this movie mm-hmm. as progressive as The Foreigner. Uh, That's right. That's the moral of right. which was, lest we forget, Irish women will plant bombs on you. Mm-hmm. This one, it's That's Irish right. women will shoot you in the head with a silenced pistol, to which I am only asking, when? Mm-hmm. After that intro? But- Very soon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so Sean Bean Miller is tried. He goes on trial, um, yep. and Jack Ryan and his wife get to meet uh, Lord Holmes, who says, "Oh, congratulations! Like uh, the Queen is going to make you a knight, like KCVO, right?" KCVO, yes. Um, and we also meet one of my favorite actors, Hugh Fraser, uh, who right. was Lord Wellington in the Sharp series, who is the personal secretary to uh, Lord Holmes. Yeah, he's sort of very supercilious, very like mm. uh, sort of. Oh no! Thank you terribly mm, so much for saving mm, his lordship's mm, life. Mm, mm. Fantastic uh, actor, Hugh Fraser. It's 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 great. Uh, in a the little book, bit of a fucking way, sharp reunion on this set. Yeah. Mm. In, in the book, this is uh, he he meets Prince Charles, and the description of Prince Charles in that book is so fawning. It's really fucking Ooh. weird. I uh, know it's strange, but so yeah. uh, so Ryan has to testify that uh, about what he saw and what he did, and we get your classic sort of smug barrister lying scene. Um, Absolutely. Where he goes, is it true that you simply uh, wandered Americanly into the situation? Uh, and then he hits him with the gotcha question, one which we're all being asked constantly. Are you still, Dr. Ryan, in the paid service of the Central Intelligence Agency? Which is meant to be like an ooh moment, but Ryan just says no, and it just kind of like dissipates. Um, yeah. It's, it's a nice yeah. moment when, um, when Jack Ryan says, you know, if I... 
if I did it over again, I I probably wouldn't do the same thing. Like we do, we do see that he has some remorse about having killed this kid, mm. um, Paddy, um, mm. and he says that in court. But then Sean Bean kind of expresses his anger at him and is just like, "Ah, oh, I'm vowing revenge Irishly." Yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah, killed you don't. killed my brother. Um, therefore, I will make it my mission in life to kill you. Fine, mm-hmm. Whatever. Uh, but they go back to the U.S. His wife is pregnant. His and wife I'm like, is oh, pregnant. Oh, cool! I'm invested in the story of this family. That's right. Um, wow. We, we see the same woman again, Annette. Her name is. Um, she she goes to a rare book dealer named Cooley, who is also Irish, and therefore, you know. Yeah. This this yeah, movie treats Irish people the same way that Live and Let Die treat black people, which is just yeah, like they're, they're, they're all, all on in the on big it. Group like, every chat. single yeah. one. Like. <laughs> There's literally well, I'll get to that bit in due time. But so she she yeah, tells no, him, I'm thinking of the same spot. <laughs> she 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 tells him to plan to break Sean out of prison, uh, which they then they then do. We get a a nice shot of like three identical convoys leaving the prison in different directions. Uh, but because they have an insider, because they have inside knowledge, they're able to pick which one. Um, Detective Inspector the Joker is riding with Sean the whole time. Yeah, and uh, a two and- two cop escort, neither of which have guns. Um, yeah, because they're pussies. British. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People yeah, don't have guns. Yeah, Br- Br- British. Um, British! The, the fucking the, British the don't have time, guns! The whole time, David Threlfall is like, sort of cackling at him, but he's also like, I understand where the hatred comes from, being Irish, as I myself am also that. And yeah. this makes no impression on Sean. And of course, the IRA—they—they they, well, the IRA dissidents—they attack the lads. The, con- the lads attack the convoy. Uh, they bust open the back of the van. It's a cool scene. This it's really good. Oh, they, yeah, it's all like very competently made. All the action, like it's—it's it's exciting. They bust yeah. them out, and then uh, Sean executes the two cops and uh, Detective Inspector the Joker. Yes, and at yeah, this point, yeah. I'd like to put a big pin in the movie because this is the point at which um, th- they stop doing anything IRA related. Uh, yes. for the entire movie. This, At this is like point, the last thing. You could you could take every one of these like dissident characters and make them any nationality <laughs> and it would still basically play out identically. Yeah. When they when they kill the David like. Threlfall's character, they're like uh how much did they pay you to uh work against your own people or something like that. And it's like and is is he I mean for that line to work, he's got to be Catholic, right? But he's like, I'm not sure the movie even knows that, and it, and I don't know. It just, it's blundering into this thing of which it knows nothing, and I just, I oh. even if you knew something about terrorism, which you do not. It's also very notable that like they don't. The, the only kind of motivation they bring up is that Sean Bean's father was killed by the Royal Ulster Constabulary, but, like, mm-hmm. the history of the, like, British occupation of Ireland and, like, you know, causing deliberate famines and, like, suppressing the language and stuff, like, it doesn't really go into the politics all that much. And I've, I think that makes no, it lo- less... Loyalism, unionism makes makes no appearance. It's purely an Irish versus British thing. Everybody yeah. who lives in Northern Ireland is Irish. 
which in itself is a hysterically progressive position for this movie to take. Uh, Mm. But they don't like it, and that's why the British have to make them be British. Um, There's a scene set in Belfast. We don't do that with, like, brutality, because we're all like, oh, (laughs) we've just, like, sort of been handed Northern Ireland, like we found it in a mad old aunt's sort of estate sale or something. We're just like, oh, I suppose I'd better hold on to this. Yeah, the the um, idea that we might be, like, brutal or, like, execute people without trial or like try to commit genocide is something that this movie like never really reckons with it nods Mm. at it a couple of times there's a bit later on where one of the CIA guys uh, well I'll talk about this because uh, so Kevin Kevin like is meant to have this meeting with the IRA where obviously they're going to try and kill him for uh, you know for doing this unilaterally and he outwits them and kills them Later on, they find the bodies of those hitmen, and one of the CIA guys working with Jack Ryan uh, says about it. That's British soldiers getting out of hand, Jack. They're not above it, not after a hit on the royal family. Which is an interesting... Mm, yeah. yeah, that view. is a... Because hmm. on the one hand, you get, like, in, in a Hollywood movie, hey, one of the US's sort of important strategic allies is, you know, able and willing to commit war crimes. Sure. However, it's getting out of hand, it's under provocation, and uh, neither of those two, like, this is if they're just finding dead bodies, the closest analogue to that is the shoot-to-kill policy, which was nothing to do with any provocation, and it was certainly not anyone getting out of hand, it was a directed policy, and that's something that's totally absent from this movie, is the idea that the British, uh, like, had agency in Northern Ireland at any time. It's, It's something that, like, is out of their hands, it's something that can get out of hand. Um, and that, that to me is very curious. But then James Earl Jones appears. Yeah, he enters the movie. James Earl Jones. Sort of your one carryover from the previous movie. Mm. Yes. Uh, yeah, the door guy didn't him. come back. No, no. This oh, fucked up. But so, James, James Earl Jones tells him... That was a great bit. Sean Miller has escaped from custody, because the Brits are pussies. Come back to the CIA. Um... And and Ryan says no because Americans love you know Cincinnati, right? They love yeah. the hero the... refuses the call exactly, but they also love a guy who just goes back to his farm, right? Yeah, yeah. And his wife is like, "Good, I'm your wife, and I'm pregnant." Yeah, and, and I'm really hot, and I'm smart. I'm an eye doctor. Yeah, uh... I I fuck. So you know, <laughs> shit. I here. would go back to England. Hell yeah, like. I want. I want to. I want to marry like a really hot American who fucks and is really clever. So, um, they put the the dissident Republicans on a boat going we know not where, and Sean wants to go and kill Jack Ryan because of his honor. Uh, yeah. And and Kevin and Annette are like, no, absolutely not. We have to go do dissident Republican stuff. We have to do work. We can't actually just be fucking around on your your revenge thing. Uh, meanwhile, um, back in in London, uh, Lord Holmes. Is like, oh, I won't be intimidated by terrorists, and yeah. and the police are like, somebody must be leaking inside information to the IRA. Uh, at which point, Hugh Fraser is like, hello, I'm still in the film. <laughs> I'm behaving <laughs> very <laughs> normally now. There's nothing suspicious. There's about no need me for my character to be here anymore, but uh, I am here. Uh, <laughs> so so mm. Jack Ryan goes back to teaching at the Naval Academy. He's teaching ancient history. Uh, not very well. 
and his best friend Samuel L. Jackson enters the movie. Yeah, this what, play, playing yeah. Lieutenant Commander Samuel L. Jackson. Uh huh. Um, That's right. Of young fucking Samuel L. Jackson, not really young, young. but like remarkably mm. so. Yeah. yeah. He he gives him a joke medal, the the Order of the Purple Target. Yeah, for uh, being like interfering. It's quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It says it says shoot me on it. Mm. Um. Um, but then when Jack is walking home, he gets followed by sinister Irish music. Yes. <laughs> he gets like an assassination attempt against him by um, a God's perfect Navy himbo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. wearing like a Navy, a Naval Academy sweater that's like four sizes too big so he can fit a gun under there. Because um, what, happens, what happens is that he like sees a couple of things that like alert him. He sees the himbo. He sees the car, which, unbeknownst to him, has a net in it. Uh, and, you know, you think that it's going to be more of a sort of a PTSD fake-out thing. You're like, oh shit, he's paranoid now. Uh, but no, they really are out to get him. Uh, because, you know, if they do a, a terrorist attack in the US and blame it on the IRA, then it's going to, you know, help instigate yeah. the war that they want. So, the perfect Navy himbo tries to kill him with a silenced pistol, gets fucking Airholed by a marine guard at the naval academy, Sorry. and then and then Jack just leaves. He just gets in his car. Doesn't even say thank you for saving my life. He gets in his car and like drives because he knows his wife is in danger. Mm. Uh, right, because she and the daughter are being followed uh, in a van by Sean Bean. In in the eighties, it was legal and it was normal for two guys in a van to just sit outside a school watching it for hours before wokeness. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, back mm-hmm. in the day. Yeah, so that's what Sean is doing, is he's he's waiting for um, uh, Mrs. Ryan to come and pick up their daughter, and then he's going to chase them onto the freeway. Uh, and we get mm. sort of a chase scene that mm, it's mostly about being on the phone. Yeah, mostly about being on a fucking huge mobile phone. Women yeah. be on Do our you... car phones. Mm. To the eye doctor, though. That's true because we know she's a, she's an eye surgeon because we mm. see her do it in a kind of quite gross scene yeah, of eye surgery. Bit, um, yeah, sort of in in service of plot. Now, uh, Jack gives his wife a vaguely threatening phone call instead of being like, "There's just been an attempt on my life, and you are also in the same town, so clearly you are additionally in danger." He does like the the three days of the condor thing where he just like starts yelling. I'm always getting calls like that from you, though, Dev. <laughs> well, to be fair, that's because I keep being attempts on my life. <laughs> yeah, and you keep thwarting them easily. Oh, know, easily. Why am I paying problem. these assassins? <laughs> but, but so, yeah, he, he does do it's the three Max days of the condor Sinar thing. has been following me around. <laughs> <for fucking laughs> well, he's just now. like, get, get, leave, leave freeway now, go police station immediately, daughter with... Like, it, it's... <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's like, you could just t- take your time and just have a breath. <laughs> Say the information you need to get across. The whole uh, time it- he is caning this boxy station wagon down the freeway. It's oh, moving yeah. faster than I think that model of car has ever moved in its life. That's quite fun to watch. It's quite a tense, tense scene. This actually, like when he's like trying to call her and can't get a hold of her, and like, yeah, I, I, I like it. I'm, I am invested in their family. Like, I, I make no secret of having enjoyed this film. Um, but then Sean Bean shoots at them, and they crash into the lane divider and get yes. seriously banged up. Mm. They do. Um, this here's the thing, right? We we get the the scene of him waiting for news in the hospital. Uh, first, he finds out that his wife is going to be okay, but his daughter might not be. Yeah, and um, I, there's there's a specific shot that I want to talk about 
which is that when we cut to the hospital, when we, we see the exterior shot of the hospital and then the interior shot of Ryan worrying, in the interior shot, we are next to the hospital chapel. And mm. in the background, out of focus, but in the center of the frame, is the crucifix of the hospital chapel. And it's just mm. a lovely little bit of cinematography because it, it just kind of captures that moment of like tension, of like hope, of prayer, of like, I really hope things are going to be okay. And and like, because that's, that's something that you would probably only see in moments of like distress, like hospital chapels are places where people go when they are worried, right? Yeah. Um, so it's it's just a beautiful, tiny little touch there. It's fantastic. This film's this film's full of them. Mm. Go and redress the balance by going to a bunch of hospital chapels, and I'm just feeling good. <laughs> like go in, see what the like, cheers, is. mate. Just psychically neutralize them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, this is yeah. This is the point at which like you you imagine that he's going to go fully sicko mode, right? This is this is sort of the the start of the foreigner moment where like yeah, they took everything from him. They took his family. They took- Everything from me, you know. He took my family. You'd think this is the point where he's like, okay, he's lost everything and he's about to go fully sicko mode, but he doesn't, which no. I do really like. I do too. He just he just kind of waits for a bit. This is also before the era of uh, feeling like we had to have any kind of A, shock factor, or B, verisimilitude in depicting like trauma patients in hospital. If you did this now, it would be, you know, massive fucking prosthetics and makeup and like, 50 tubes in them, but instead it's like mostly carried on the acting. Um, which for me didn't quite work, but Abby, you really liked this scene, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. So Jack's wife is gonna be okay, concussion, but like fine. The daughter is um a bit more banged up and it's they're, they're kind of not really sure. And just the shot of of the child like asleep in the hospital bed, like all banged up, and like Ryan watching her through the glass and crying is just so like it's fucking brutal. It really, really got me. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's because my family has like little kids in it now, and I just I dread to think, you know, of something bad mm. happening to them. But I I found this scene really, really affecting. In particular, a line that we were laughing about before yeah, the recording, this, Alice. This yeah. One. They had rumors, plane. Like that is that just that line that they had to like take out a piece of their child, and like the way that Harrison Ford sells that and the way that he tells that to his wife and then they embrace like is it, it really really got me i i loved this bit of the film maybe, maybe there's something wrong with me i i was laughing i genuinely was maybe it's just because i find spleen a funny word but i was just like it kind of is but also in situations like this like things that are kind of like absurd but also horrific do come up and yeah i i found these these scenes mm. um and and one moment later on to just be really really fucking powerful yeah. Well, we see we see on on TV that the and we have to talk about another Irish guy because Paddy O'Neill, uh, the Sinn Fein representative in the U.S., uh, sort of the IRA's bagman, someone later calls him, is outside and he is disclaiming any responsibility that the IRA was involved, which of course we know they weren't. Uh, he's like offering his sort of his apologies and his his anguish. And and Ryan just sort of looks out of him at the window with this sort of like rage. This movie could have something very interesting to say about rage and about hatred, right? Because there's a bit where he talks to Samuel L. Jackson earlier, privately, after he gives him the, the stupid medal, uh, where he's like, "Yeah, no, I just got mad. I just didn't like seeing it happen in front of me. Just went sicko um, mode. Yeah, I I just went sicko mode. Um, but 
Also, incidentally, imagine being Samuel L. Jackson. You have just given your friend a medal that says shoot me, and then he has been shot at and his fucking wife and kid have almost been killed. Oh, yeah, good point. The, the the hazard of any good bit, I would say, is mm, you just, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it, Jack goes back to the CIA and he's like, yo. Yeah, he's like, it's time to go back to the old me. And the, it, mm. like, I'm back uh, on my bullshit. J- James Earl Jones's guy, um, uh, Cantor, his name is, he offers up a very, like, reasonable objection, right? Which is, you don't, you're fucking, A, you're traumatized. B, you don't know anything about this, you know about ships and bullshit like that. Um, and C, you're just going to be fucking getting in everyone's way. And that does not make for the best okay. analysis, even if you knew something about terrorism, which you do not. But uh, James Earl Jones overrules him. He's like, mm. no, actually, we should we should. Actually, it's in. based. Yeah. While, while, um, while Jack is in the hospital, we get our all Irish of the same moment um, where he yep. sees on the TV the, I don't even know what this guy is actually supposed to be but it's um, Jerry Adams vaguely, right? Uh, this, this is Paddy, Paddy O'Neill, O'Neill again, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who is played by Richard Harris You, you might recognise from uh, he's Marcus Aurelius in Gladiator and he was the mm. original Dumbledore in, in Harry Potter oh. uh, which is baffling to have him be Again, because Irish uh, actors don't <laughs> Sh- exist. Sinn Féin Dumbledore <laughs> is a very funny bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, hang on, let me gin this up. <laughs> no, I can't. That's <laughs> no, gone. Just imagine, no, imagine gone. that at home. If you want to imagine Shinner Dumbledore at home, go. go We're by practicing disarmament, or as we call it, expelliarmus. <laughs> She's not Irish, she's English. Um, she's English. That was uh, fucking good, fuck you. It was, no, it was good, <laughs> I just tried don't coming have a up with a fucking Harry Potter shit bit off the term, right? That's, that's exactly why I didn't say anything, because I couldn't come up with it. I, so I, I respect up. yours. Absolutely, absolutely. Just um, say so you fell on the grenade of that bit for us. Truly, uh, truly, thank you. And unfortunately, this will be the promo segment as well. Um, <laughs> and we're all going to be dressed very racistly to the iron. But um, this is guy like pulling down a big fucking star-spangled ballot love. <laughs> but, no, we can't do this. But um, this guy attempts to apologize to Jack because he's like, "Look, we aren't involved in this. This is not an IRA thing. If the yeah. IRA does something, they tend to go. We did this uh, either mm. before or after." Um. But Jack is like, fuck you, fuck the IRA. He's fuck he's all not Irish even people. like he's not even like fuck you. He he is like so so angry. Yeah, all so he can do mad. is point his finger at him yeah. and he just says nothing and he just leaves. Great bit of acting. Like it is so good. good. Harrison Ford like fucking brings it in this film. Yeah, he's a good actor. But so but so he does go back to the CIA. Uh, yes, he where- does. We see him just at his desk with a big pile of like Ireland-related papers spread out over the floor. He literally has a map of Ireland up on two it's screens really- at once, <laughs> just fucking He's like reading studying James Joyce. this shit. He's, He's rotating like- it in his mind. Rotating an island in his mind. <laughs> That's right. Um, but so, what then? We it's have to like, go to. It's, it's like in the fucking um, in the foreign away. He just like Google's IRA. He's yeah. literally he that. The he's Wikipedia. just got fucking. Yeah, he's reading the Wikipedia for Ireland, being like, oh, I see. 
Doing the like, hunt for green October now. Hibernia. <laughs> so we Roma. have to talk about a scene that I yes. could talk about for yes. fucking ages. We go to Belfast because yes. Owens, <laughs> Owens and the, the RUC have received a tip about a bomb factory. But in order to get there, we have to get through a little scene in Belfast where just establishing that, like, checkpoints exist in Belfast, right? In this case, it is two army Land Rovers pulled across the road uh, like one para with a rifle, and then there's this hysterical bit where a car drives directly into the checkpoint, like right into it. And your RUC man says, and this is verbatim, "Good morning, sir. Cut the engine, please. May I see some identification, please?" And it's like, wonderful. Who could be, who could be upset about that? I'm pretty sure that's how the whole sort of that's how that's yeah. how Operation Banner went down, right? That's was, yeah, that's that's the way we treated the Northern Ireland. Uh, <laughs> that's Northern that's Island. exactly what it was like line. driving yeah. into a checkpoint in Northern Ireland. Was you you, you got a sir and you sir got a please and you got another pleases. please. <laughs> it's yeah, it really is such like a. I don't know anything about the IRA, but here's what I reckon it was like. <laughs> no. This, no, no. Tom. <laughs> Tom, so, no. Gone, sir. So, so the RUC quite professionally raid this bomb factory that's just right next to the checkpoint. Also, none of them swear, which is incredibly funny. No. As, as they burst in, like the inspector Zenegata's like, "Good morning." Like, there's no, they, they don't like brutalize them or like shout at them or anything. No. no or no. kill any of them for no reason. Like. Yeah, excesses, excesses that the British state might do are we could get out of hand a bit and maybe kill some people, or we might give you a slap. Anything more mm. than that, right off the table. Mm. Um, oh, there's no chance, yeah. Yeah. So... Just deeply funny, deeply funny. <laughs> so, so Jack's working at the CIA, and mm. now he gets PTSD. Yeah. By going into a women's toilet, which he, relatable. Yes, the the, the, yeah. the bathroom intruder strikes again. He goes into a women's bathroom by accident, and he sees a woman with red hair, and it triggers him. Yeah, we're <laughs> Just now putting at- up a sign outside the women's bathroom that says "No dogs, no trans women, no Irish." Whoo! <laughs> 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 Not good. Um, no, no. He he literally not he, good. He, he sees a woman with red hair, and he has flashbacks to the second that he saw Annette in a fucking Tory Amos-looking wig drive the car past him when that guy was going to assassinate him. Yeah, we are now like Jack. This is a halfway point in the movie. Jack has now become so anti-Irish racist that just seeing red hair is a a marker of villainy and b a trigger of PTSD for him. Yeah, uh, yeah. not good. But so also, this is accompanied by the fact of him having the revelation in a close shot that's accompanied by a toilet flushing. <laughs> yes, which will be the. That is yes. such, uh, it's like a very unusual choice. <laughs> so, he, so he's like, wait a second, we need to find this woman, and then <laughs> she will lead us to Kevin. Uh, meanwhile, we see that Sean and the gang have gone to fucking Libya. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, where, where, okay. Where... Normal? <laughs> mm. So once Libya? again, the, um, I, I don't need to go to a mode on, on the history of Libya. I feel like I may well have even done that before. Um, mm. But the Great Man-Made River is one of the, the finest things ever designed by humans. Uh, but <laughs> well, the thing is, is from your the studies Irish of the Green Book, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fr- the thing is, American audiences don't know shit 
Um, so the best way to make them realize that someone is a bad guy is to put them in a desert. That's true. Which is what this movie does, like, twice, which I really enjoy. <laughs> but they've, got, they've sent the IRA splinter group to a training camp in Libya. Sure. Reasonable sure. enough. I mean, the IRA got arms from Libya. They probably did. Sure. Fine. Yes. Uh, where Kevin tells Sean that actually you didn't kill his family. You didn't kill Ryan's family like you thought you did. They're still alive. Uh, it's just that she, you know, they had to take out part of her spleen. So you've got like one spleen on your credit, but nothing else. Mm. Uh, and Sean and she- calls Ryan at home in the night to taunt him. Lost her spleen, yeah. I, I have the spleen button. Fair enough. spleen. Lost spleen, yeah. It's hard to carve like the outline of a spleen onto like an aircraft or something. It's not really. It, it doesn't come across. Yeah. What does it? What does a spleen look like? Even I don't know. I actually, I'm trying to imagine. And all I've got is pancreas. Yeah. We do get another really, really nice moment though, which is that when Sean calls Ryan at home to taunt him. Like Ryan has his angry reaction, and it would have been very easy to end the scene there. But instead, we see the effect that this has on Ryan's wife. Like she's very upset, and like Ryan goes and like hugs her, and they have this moment where it's clear that this is affecting them in their relationship. And it's 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 really nice that this film like presents mm. their relationship not just as like wife, like some other films that we've reviewed mm. have done. It's nice oh, yeah. that they like, keep us invested in it, and like I really did care about this family. It's- by the end of the film, which is, is something is that I Sean, can't say for every film we watch. Is Sean calling him at home from Libya? Yeah, he must be. Is he, is he got on charge. the phone in the camp? Mm. Just to, yeah. But anyway, so Sean wants to go back and do revenge. Uh, Kevin and Annette are like, no, we have to actually do some work for once. Also, uh, you have to get undercover because there's a satellite that goes over at these times, which we know, and we got to hide. Yeah, it's a decent concept. Yeah, it's fine. Ryan, Ryan then uh, thinks about Ryan this for a minute. Ryan goes to a bar. Oh God, tell he, me about he, the bar. He thinks about this for a second. He puts, he touches, he touches his forehead on both sides, and he's like, "Where do Irish people go?" And he goes to the most chain-looking Irish pub in the fucking world. He goes to Seamus O'Doolahan's on Main Street, right? And the idea mm-hmm. that there would be any real Irish people in this pub is fucking laughable. He- he goes to the kind of pub that, not the kind of pub that would have a bucket for Norade by the door or anything. He goes to the kind of pub that, like, it, it fully, like, bicycle hanging off the wall kind of chintz shit. And he, he walks in like he's entering the heart of fucking darkness. He is frowning at everybody there. They're playing fucking, it's not even Irish rebel music, it's just folk music. And he's, he's like, sort of staring at everyone. And then he goes up to the table where, Paddy O'Neill, the IRA guy, is. He is sitting with Paddy a Catholic O'Neil. priest, by the way. Just in case you want to so lay good. those cards so on the good. table. Woo! Like, pig under the arm, like, people drinking Guinness. It's like... yeah. There's like a um, leprechaun in the background. Like, that's the level we're at. Unbelievable. Yes. It's so fucking funny. And, and he's like, give up the dissident Republicans. Uh, and O'Neill says, I, I will never give up my countrymen, no matter what they've done even if they are trying to fuck me over personally. Which leads to fucking Karl Marx talking to his friends. I will fucking destroy you. He he, he promises to, to fucking destroy the, the IRA by... Uh, Specifically, uh, getting American funding for the IRA withdrawn. Yeah. Which is which an interesting, yeah. It's a real enough threat, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but so he kind of like leaves on that note. Incidentally, Samuel L. Jackson has been in there with him the whole time, just undercover, mm. and yeah. just bumps him on the way out. Um, but so now, now we have to do some some really classic shit. You know what we love to do in any spy movie? You know what I love Go to on. do in any Go spy on. movie? I love I love to enhance. And so we we fucking enhanced so much over the next <laughs> I want to say twenty minutes or so. Uh, there's a lot of satellite shit. But so what what he does is he retasks the satellites so that they go over at a different time because he works out that they're avoiding them. And he sees from space on the satellite tits tits tits. They they get a satellite like image of a bunch of people in the camp, and it's like, all right, shit, zoom in on various things here, and the zoom in process takes four hours each. Yeah, uh, where it's just like generally like Unix fate, like a big fucking chiron around everything, then like zooms in on that, uh, and he he sees this this person right at the front. He's like, all right, what's going on here? And he zooms right in, and there's something going on, but he can't quite tell what it is. So he goes. You enhance this. Um, enhance, yeah. And having, yeah, having thus enhanced, having he thus sees, enhanced. having thus enhanced, he sees tits. Just some he big goes, naturals, just some big, just, some big beautiful naturals. Yeah, like this has to be the Irish. There's no way that a normal Libyan camp would have tits out in it. <laughs> Sexually harassing a woman from lower from space. fucking orbit. The space yes. not like satellite. I'm Elon Musk, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> But so so, I know, but it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> so James James L. Jones is not convinced. Uh, he he's like that could that could be anyone's tits. Um, could which, be mine. Yes, it tits. is. Yeah, but Paddy it could be anyone's tits. Like pa- Paddy remarkable. comes around right as as Ryan is in the hospital looking after his daughter. He leaves him a present with the information on on this woman and that, which is where we find out that she's not Irish. She's English. Yeah, looking at the IMDb page for this entire movie. <laughs> yes, and and they from this they find out that she is posing as a rare book dealer. She goes to Cooley, the rare book dealer that we saw in you know when they were planning the attack, and so the British cops they start spying on him, and immediately, like immediately, that's so fucking fast. The <laughs> massive fucking bug that they've planted, the gigantic camera they've planted in this guy's light fixture, is immediately detected by an electrician who incidentally gets the line. Familiar with Ian Fleming, are you? No. Um, no. Yeah, never heard no, him. No, never heard of him. So, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I, I love every part of this, right? Because I reckon, this, they're right in central. Like, so mm. I, I recognize every part of this and it's so fucking funny to me uh, how much they try to pass it off because this guy's... This guy's rare bookshop is in one of like the arcades right by like Green Park, right? Yeah. It's in that sort of like place where it's not really even legal for me to look at anything because of how expensive it is. Um, he's just sort of in there and they start to chase him and he goes, he heads to the fucking London Underground. Yeah. Uh, he specifically, does. he's in Oldwich Station, which is for the benefit of listeners, is an abandoned station that is used for filming in. Um, yeah. I spotted it on the wall. And there is a PA announcement for the the list of stations that this train is going to stop at. Some of these are made up, but uh, a few of these are just like things that Americans might think sounds uh, London-y. Oh, so please. I have transcribed the list of stations in order. Now calling out. 
The A announcement goes, Charing Cross train stopping at Oxford Circus, Piccadilly Circus, Sesame Square, Green Park, Acton Town, Hammersmith, Marble Arch, Hampstead East, South Ealing, and Hyde Park. What? And that's a straight line trip, baby. I don't, I'm trying to put Hammersmith. together. Could you imagine? Hammersmith. I'm, I'm, I'm rotating a tube map in my mind, and I'm like, how have you? Hammersmith. The funniest thing I can fucking, fucking village where they smith hammers. Come on, get the fuck Come out of on. Hammersmith's lovely. I lived in there for like half a year. Um, but for it to go Oxford, Piccadilly, and then Green. Then, like, Hampstead, <laughs> Ealing, and back to Hyde Park. It's filled me with such energy. But yeah, no. just fu- he just fully escapes. Uh, Alan Armstrong has to say, damn, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Gives him the and- slip by wearing an iconic hat throughout the entire chase yeah. and just putting it on someone else and getting on Co- the train. Cooley's iconic cap, which is like a white fedora. Um, also, yeah, the tube in this scene looks like fucking shit. Oh, it looks terrible. Well, yeah, it's uh, an old stock train because they, they can't move like a, a proper up-to-date yeah. one into Oldwich. So, so um, Cooley is then immediately teleported to Libya, because this is the That's thing. That's right. Like, once you do enough terrorism, you just get to go to Libya. You gain um, the ability to teleport to Libya. That's right. Ju- yeah. Just in time for Jack Ryan to see him on satellite and be like, bald dude, detected. <laughs> He's uh, replying to him at bald. <laughs> yeah, anybody encountering me, bald dude, detected. And he's like, you've got a sunburn too. Identify New- the male. New <laughs> new guy. Come on. Uh, and and this is enough to convince uh James Earl Jones. But in the meantime, um Cooley Cooley like is like, why can't I go on the mission with you guys to go and kill Jack Ryan? This thing that you're apparently still set on doing, because uh the fucking Lord Holmes is gonna go visit him. Uh and it, it, in return Sean Bean just kills him for no yeah. reason whatsoever. Um Yeah, so Lord Holmes is is doing a little tour of the US. And mm-hmm. so uh, Kevin and Annette are like, "Well, let's go and let's go and kidnap him. We'll try again whilst Why? he's in the US." Mean, Why? and they're like, "Why oh, the also- fuck did they bring Cooley all the way out to Libya just to fucking kill him?" It's so funny. <laughs> they needed it's his books. Really um, <laughs> and then Sean's like, "Well, I will use this opportunity to get revenge." Um, also, we like we see Lord Holmes planning this trip to um, the US, and Hugh Fraser's like, "Hello, I'm still in the film." I'm getting a phone call telling me to do evil stuff. Mm. Um, but so uh, now we have to talk about a movie, that, well, a scene that comes from a better movie, I think. Yeah, this was um, really good. Yeah, this fucking rules. So, so James L. Jones is like now willing to sign off on getting the SAS to raid this one camp, uh, and and Harrison Ford, you know, Ryan gets to sit in on them, watching uh, the SAS go in kill everybody on like an infrared satellite feed um and what's interesting is that um you know the the cia guys in there are like laughing they're joking they're drinking coffee about it watching people get killed and ryan is repulsed Mm, um and i I just wrote down here i hope this doesn't prefigure anything about the future of the cia Mm, but this is this is so so good like the music and harrison ford's reaction to this there's not really any lines shostakovich in there it's yeah. really it's really lovely that he is kind of disgusted by how flippant and cold this is like these people are just like being killed he also notes on the screen that one person is like wounded and crawling you can yeah, see like that on the thermal moving. tracking yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a really fucking good choice to do this entire raid like abstracted entirely by filming it through like the call of duty 4 ac130 heat vision yeah for like sure. it's it's really really good the only shot of the real people that we see is the SAS as they 
unfortunately, crest the hill like yeah. twats. <laughs> yeah, like you would, would do when you're doing do. a raid. No. <laughs> One of the major things to do when you're doing a secret raid is make sure the sun is behind you and crest yeah, a hill. Walk yeah, over you, a hill. Cresting a hill. The oh, fuck, fuck out of yourself. Hey, dudes. Single gunshot rings out. J- mm. James L. Jones sort of like slaps him on the back and he's like, it's over. And, and Harrison Ford breathes a sort of like unsteady sigh of relief. And personally, for me, this is where I would have ended the fucking movie. Is just just end it with this. This is how you you get your revenge and like ensure your your safety, and you spend the rest of your time sort of like you know with one eye open or like looking over your shoulder because you're never quite sure. Um, mm. But instead, what we have to do is another half hour of like really shitty action. Yeah, no, it's really oh, good yeah. action movie. I it's it's good action, but it's it's shitty as like it's, the it's plot movie. puts it for. It's not the IRA, is what it fucking isn't. It's no. it's Sam Fisher and his fucking buddies doing like a breaching clear on this fucking house. Yeah, like, they they, they yeah, fully it, take out the the State Department security who are there, the the state cops who are there because everyone goes back to um, Jack Ryan's house. Um, and yeah. earlier, earlier on, we saw Lord Holmes invite Jack to a dinner at the embassy, and we just thought, oh, he's he's got a special celebration that he can't miss. Would you like to come over to his house? And then like, later on, we see that this is Sally's welcome home party from the hospital, which yeah, was just so, just so so lovely. Nice. And like, Lord Holmes is there as a guest. So is Hugh Fraser. We finished the movie off by everyone goes to Jack's house. <laughs> Hugh Fraser does the classic born betrayal thing of shooting a guy in the back with a silenced pistol. By being like, hey, check out this shit down there. Um, and then having One of the top the... ten ways to betray. Oh, yeah. Having cut the power... I wouldn't even be mad if I was shot in the back with a silence pistol. I'd be like, yeah, that's fair. I should have. That, that's on me. You I should have seen lacking. that coming. Why'd me. I turn my back on you? Why'd I go down that staircase in the dark? The podcast um, is retirement, they call it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's our plan um, for, for so, how this will end. That's right. Um, but so... <laughs> they... they <laughs> Ryan Ryan identifies that the power's been cut off. It's in the middle of like this huge storm, uh, and he identifies that Hugh Fraser is the is the mole and doing some field expedient torture on him by shooting him in the leg. Uh, he it establishes works. that like yeah, it works. Torture yeah, it works. is it's free. It's legal. It's a safe and legal throw. It's, it's uh, legal. <laughs> he 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 establishes that all five or six of them are coming, uh, and they fucking show up too at yeah. a time. At a time when you couldn't buy cheap knockoff tactical gear on Amazon, they show up with night vision goggles and Uzis. Yeah, like I'm saying, it's the full Sam Fisher shit. They're wearing like all black. They've got those big ass binocular night vision goggle looking ass things. And yeah. the way that the movie communicates, because you can't see any of their faces, that these are the Irish guys. It's the second they appear it's on the screen, Irish they pause, and there's a gentle woodwind refrain in the distance. <laughs> Genuinely, like, fuck this, off. This movie like uses Irish music the same way other movies use like that discount. Uh, call to prayer. Yeah, like yes, the fucking words I in filling time. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, it really does. Yeah, every time it's an Irish person, like, <laughs> Yeah, you so- have to expect the fucking subtitle to come up, like, chattering in Gaelic Irish, or some Irish, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Irish noises. So, so, so they, they the subtitle breach- is genuinely on Netflix Irish music. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so they... Is. They Irishly breach the house, but are outwitted and outfoxed by Ryan and Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. And Jack's wife, who, who knocks one out with a shotgun. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they end up- dangerous. 
luring them back to their escape route, which is some boats at the bottom of a cliff. Sean Bean accidentally kills Hugh Fraser, and it's just like mindlessly consumed by revenge. Two, two, yeah, right. two things. Two things here. First of all, the way you get to the boats is by not sure of the difference between the two: abseiling or rappelling, right? For that, you know, IRA abseiling training you were doing in a totally flat desert in Libya. But in order to get there first, fucking Ryan, his wife, their kid, Lord Holmes, and Lord Holmes's non-traitorous advisor had to fucking abseil down first and hide. Yeah, sure. Mama. Ryan, Ryan, like, takes one of the boats to lure the, the IRA to follow them. We then get a fucking boat chase. It's a fucking boat sick chase. boat chase. It it's rules. Boat chase. I don't. Boat chase. I was. I was. I like uh, this. I like the boat I chase. I don't. I don't. I don't Fair know enough. why it was in here. I. So I loved be- it. I thought it was fucking sick. Um. Mm. And uh, uh, Sean kills both Kevin and Annette because they're like, "Oh, the the royal guy's back on the shore. We need to go back. Like, forget about revenge." And he's like, oh, "I want I revenge." I can. Yeah, I can't. I can't forget about. Simply revenge. love revenge. He rips open his yeah shirt to reveal a big tattoo that says "I heart revenge" and then just like <laughs> yeah. executes both of them, just fully like guns they, them down. He, they end up fighting on the same boat, which is now on fire. A boat anchor sure. gets embedded into the deck, and in the end, Brian like kills Sean Bean. Huge surprise, I know, by impaling him on this boat anchor, where he makes a perfect moan dot wav. He gets <sighs> he he gets put onto the anchor, and he just goes. <laughs> Oh, yep. I, I I believe that during the filming of this scene, Sean Bean did really hit Harrison Ford in the face with an anchor, and that is other way what... around. Other way around, oh, Harrison really? Ford hit Sean Bean in the face with the the anchor, and that's why he has a scar above his eye. Yeah. Mm. Oh shit. Um, there you go. But so, but so oh, he, he is killed. The world is saved, uh, and we we cut back to them in their kitchen, the Ryan's, where they are finding out whether or not they're going to get a boy or a girl as their second child, and we don't find out, and that's. It's really, it's so cute. Like, like the movie. the the mother finds out on the phone and then like hangs up and Ranch goes, "Well," and he looks so excited and happy. And then it just cuts. To I gotta place. get on this progesterone shit. I'm telling you, it makes <laughs> you enjoy movies this much. I, you're not a fucking simpering pussy. Listen, um, what what gender what you're is about. I'm baby. not on hormones. My my body just did this. That's true. Mine did too. Mm. Um. Yeah, this this is a movie about the IRA where nothing IRA ish happens. Um yeah, is sort of true. your one major major thing to note. Uh, it's it, it's a down. thriller that isn't that thrilling. What's what's deeply funny is that this just like isn't how the IRA operates at all. Not even any splinter group that I'm aware of. Like this is how Yeah, go for it. Even if you knew something about terrorism, which you do not. That's right. Um which I don't, but I'll tell you one thing. This is this is how the American audience might imagine that the IRF writes, because this is how American special forces operate. <laughs> like, they, yeah. they, they are the guys who have the fucking desert training camp and come back and do like Sam Fisher breach and clears. They're like, definitely this, the ones who like wear the, the NVGs. They're definitely yeah, the ones the, who like machine gun a car. Yeah, for sure. This is this is the best way that they could possibly get across that these guys are like well trained is just to be like, what if they were American? Trying to explain Explain the IRA to Americans. So imagine a burger, and that <laughs> <laughs> rotates a burger in your mind. <laughs> well, right. We we have a science-based racing system on this podcast. It's called the Scum System. Okay. Stands for smum, cultural insensitivity, unprovoked violence, and misogyny. So how smarmy is this movie? 
Uh, I'd say it's low, but there are a few moments where it's quite pleased with itself. It, does, it doesn't suck itself off that much. There's a few moments where it's like movie dialogue. I'm like, ah. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I, I think it's sort of relatively like he doesn't really like do any lines. He doesn't really do any wisecracks or anything. Um, it's it's no Red October. It's no, just it just really not. Isn't. It's just I, nowhere near as good. Perversely, I would. Th- I think I would have enjoyed this more with Alec Baldwin. I believe so. Yes, honestly. I think so. Yeah. Like it's not, that's no knock on Harrison Ford. Not that he needs me to knock him. He's like a very successful actor. I just don't. It doesn't quite work for me. I think that as a sequel, doing it like Jack Ryan is back and this time it's personal is a nice direction to go in. Yeah, um, sure. As I say, I really liked the kind of family stuff. I thought that was a really strong core to build it around. And especially yeah. since, you know, like we contrast Ryan's happy family life that he cares about with um, what we learn about Sean, which is he's had a very unhappy family life and lost his brother. Um, how do we feel about like a one or a two for Smarm? I, I, could, do, I could do one even, to be honest. Yeah, okay. I'm happy to do that. Uh, <laughs> cultural no, insensitivity. Cultural insensitivity. Uh, well, first of all, for its its crimes against the English. I'd tear your heart out and serve it up to you with chips. It's not not a thing. It's in, been a while since we've watched so. a film that that has been this culturally insensitive. I think. I That's think for true. like it's been a the, real fucking sec. Like this is earnestly like huge. It, <laughs> it it made the foreigner look like fucking. Steven Universe. You know? er- erasing the brutality of like British crimes in Ireland is a, is a very serious and ongoing kind of cultural insensitivity. Like we Absolutely. are still trying to block lawsuits from being brought against people say, who committed war crimes. Illegal to remember some of the shit that we did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, a, a large amount of the current guys trying to become leader of the Tory party's main thing is it should be illegal to think about what we did in Ireland. Yeah, because mm-hmm. a couple of them were there. Yeah, uh, absolutely. A couple of them were like, uh, you know, guards officers there. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, not to mention the fucking noises, not to mention every Irish person all being in the same group chat. Uh, That's right. Is it? Is it? I, I think this is on a par with the cultural insensitivity of Live and Let Die. Not to kind of equate anti-Irish sentiment with anti-black no, racism. No, since but we've like, had to like numerically quantify mm. how culturally insensitive a movie is, I think we can. I think we can do that without saying these two things are like equally bad or equally material or whatever. Mm. Uh, yeah. Nine. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Fuck I mean, it, that, why not? I, I, and for memory, that yeah. is what we gave. Then that die, so yeah, so if, if, is what yeah. let me let me double check actually. I'll, I'll just, if, we'll, if, we'll, if we gave if we gave Live and Let Die a nine, then we give this a nine. And if we gave it an eight, then we'll give it an eight. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll double check and let you know. Unprovoked violence. That's a complicated one, because there are some scenes in this where mm. we're told, oh, like violence bad, not so good, kind of chilling, kind of dehumanizing. But then there's some scenes, in particular the kind of like one-on-one fights where violence is like, oh, cool, nice. And like yeah. the, the movie has a complicated relationship with violence, such that like if you go toe to toe with someone and win, that is like noble bushido. But if you use a satellite and like the SAS, then this is like cowardly and bad. So it's like, uh... and also the torture. It was it was nine for live and let die. As a side note, so it is nine for this the thing movie is, too. Ryan's like always forced to use violence apart from shooting uh, mm-hmm. the guy in the leg, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is you know. Field expedient torture, it's good and it works, is certainly an, an unprovoked violent attitude to take. So what do we say about a three? Yeah, I'm happy with a three. Dead. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And it's, it's like there's just not a ton of provoked violence, but that no. that is is like stuff that I am 
earnestly repulsed by such as torture. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, misogyny, well. From mm-hmm. space. Tits from space. Also, like, the, the women, deceptive, sexually deceptive, the, they will yep. use this as a weapon against you. Um, which we will, and is true, but you shouldn't say it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. The silence pistol is, like, out the minute we're in lingerie. But at least she only does it once, I guess. <laughs> it's not like a recurring thing, and she does do other stuff. It's just that the other stuff is be identified by her tits. Which mm-hmm. If you ask me, more lingerie sets should include of holster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the thing mm-hmm. is, you've got to have the little, like, uh, that's why garters exist, is so you can keep a pistol in Yeah, them. that's why, I mean, I, I, I tell you that, right. I'm good. I am, uh, after after a certain procedure, which is taking place extremely soon, mm. uh, I will be buying so much fucking lingerie. Uh, so I will get one that comes with a gun holster. No problem. Oh, yeah. Get it custom done. Mm. I will wear it on like the podcast, and you holster. listeners <laughs> will know nothing about it. That's right. <laughs> So, misogyny, how do we feel about a five, maybe? Mm, maybe a bit strong. Mm, yeah, because that's like two off maximum. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's true. But I forget. Yeah, I forgot how many seven was. I forgot how to count for a second. Yeah, so four. Um, that gives us a total score of 17, four. which is, oh, that's the worst one we've seen since Casino Royale, oh no, since No Time to Die. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's season that's, uh... two has a new sort of champion for the worst movie we've seen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sort of fuck. commensurate with how much I enjoyed it. But I feel like that's not the case for you two. I feel like you both like. I listen. I I, I sort of turned my mind off for a great deal of it in analyzing it post hoc. It's like, oh yeah, this sucks. Um, <laughs> but like, it's like competently made. Well, that's the thing. I find it just competent enough to be truly mid. Like, I was taking fewer and fewer notes, too, because I was just watching it. I just wasn't enjoying it very much. I just found there wasn't a lot there, really. It was, ah, I disagree. I liked it. I thought it was exciting and well-made and well-acted. I thought it was a good sequel to Hunt for Red October. I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with the next one, which is... Clear and Present clear Danger. Clear and Present Danger. It certainly has more of, like, a focus on family, right? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, to to discuss masculinity on on this podcast <gasps> regarding masculinity. Oh God, fuck um, shit! Uh, masculinity <laughs> is when you intervene in a terrorist attack mm-hmm. by yeah. like, protecting role, yeah, women and children. You like shove your nuclear yeah. family to the side and you go do the stuff yeah. that men do. We must do. protect women and girls. Sometimes, sometimes women do it, but their gender is like it alternately an asset for deception and a handicap. That's right. As trans people, we are, of course, against the family in all its forms. Um, we seek right. to destroy it and undermine the West. Um, mm-hmm. But we recognize what this film is trying to do. Yeah. Uh, so Indeed. Shit, we, we don't I mean, do Kronstein's or Good Nights for season two. Nothing has come up yet that we no. think would be a funny we battle. We've got to do another another run of like pins, but we'll come up. We'll gin something else up for those. Uh, we did, we did yeah. have an idea a little bit ago about some sort of award for giving away secrets so so fucking easily. Yeah, the, Br- the Brian like, Cox Memorial Award in Intelligence. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. A secret kill squads. <laughs> like, but like, I'm not going to tell you. Ah, go on. Oh, all right then. Like that in and of itself is such like a common occurrence. But I do want to give the dude who does it an award each time. Yeah. And yeah, I think but- the Brian Cox Memorial <laughs> Award. Give some kind of award to the SAS for cresting that hill. Oh yeah, but the uh, the the Avi Alice Joint Bad Drills Awards. Um, <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> but uh, it only remains for me to say uh, thank you for listening. We have a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. 
you can get some more bonus episodes. The most recent one we did was three days of the Condor, where we had our producer Nate on. It was. And great. next time it's my turn to choose, and we're doing Totally Spies the movie. So. Oh my god. <laughs> And next time on the main feed, it is queer and ah fuck queer and pleasant stranger. Yeah, some of all queers. What? Yeah, yeah, some of all queers. Yeah, some of all queers indeed. Well, goodbye. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Kill James Bond. We will return in two weeks' time on the free feed with clear and present danger. Again, another Harrison Ford, Jack Ryan movie. But if that is simply too long for you to wait, not to fear at all, because on the Patreon, patreon.com slash killjamesbond, all one word, next week, our bonus episode will be on... Uh, totally spies the movie. I swear to God, Abigail. But, um, yeah. So, if you're excited about that, feel free to tune in. Um, <laughs> thank you, of course, to our £15 and above patrons, and those are Christine Fox, Forks Winchester, Paint McCalla, Jack Holmes, George Rohak, Thomas Oberhart, Sirob. Oh god. I mean, it's Nick Boris in backwards, but I have no fucking clue how I would possibly pronounce that. Yarrick, Carolyn Tankersley, Benno Rice, Max Kapinski, Morgan Bennett, Kit Devine, Library Hitman, Max Gaimanhart, Jonathan Gerlet, Hell Bloodhands, Kentucky Fried Commie, Dread Pirate Robin, Safira Luciferax, Fremen Commissar, Jen Jen, Ellie Without the E, Tarp O, Big Titty Goth Girl, Sydney Steckle, Mothman, Trip, Jay Martindale, Charlie Out of the Closet, Jenna and Poor, Zoe Shepard, Elizabeth Cox, Tufts, Eat shit and die alone. Finn Ross, Alfredo, raised on a diet. I make Devon say this out loud. Wolfie, Al Irwing, Rail Leal, Millie, JM111519, Bon LeBon, Josh Simmons, Lauren Baston, and Tristram Wolf. Thank you very much. Kill James Bond is Alice, Abigail, and Devon. Our producer is the wonderful Nate Bethay, and our podcast art is by Maddie Lipchansky. Uh, our website by Tom Allen, also. Love you. Bye. <laughs>